welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Exploring the marketplace. Here we are, Bob Hassan and Sean Bowles. This is so fun to do this podcast with you. Yes, we are having fun. It's amazing. <laughs> One of the things that we talk to marketplace people a lot in our kind of general sessions when we do them is identity. And identity is such a big key. And that word means a lot of things to a lot of people. How would you define identity as far as a business person? Well, this is what it means to me. And I've, I've had a struggle in my 42 years of walking with the Lord of recognizing that no matter what I do, how I perform, how successful I am, or how I fail, that I'm a loved son of God, yeah. and that we are loved sons or daughters of God, no matter what. That's that's the bar. I feel like a lot of people get so like necessized or numb to that, though. It's like they hear that, and then you face your biggest challenge, or you have your biggest victory, and God comes out of the equation, or you get into survival mode, and it's hard to like ground yourself in that identity again. So for me, like when I when I go through stuff and I have to reground myself. I literally have to pull away and get connected to that. And where it's not about my performance, I'm not thinking about what I can do for God or what I'm doing in partnership. It's, I put the career stuff aside, the ministry stuff aside, and I'm just like, okay, I'm your son. Like I'm literally going to be present just as that. There's nothing I could bring to you to add you any value. Yeah. But I get to. I get to bring you things that bring you your reward, bring you your love, you know, but I'm not going to focus on these things right now. I think most people have a hard time getting out of all of the different roles they're in because we wear so many different hats. And just being that, especially in times when it's traumatic, or we forget in times of great blessing at times, if you're not grounded in your identity. And so you ride the wrong wave in it where it's not gratitude towards God. It's just like, look what I did as a surgeon or whatever, you know? So identity is a huge deal though, because it's the grounding yeah. force of life. I think this word stewardship that we talk about is yeah. really interesting too, because if we really believe that what we're doing is serving God, and if we know that God not only owns all the cattle on the hills, but all the hills, then we're stewarding things that he's given us. Yep. And I think that that helps our identity too, to recognize if we can step back, whether we're having success or whether we're in times of trouble, that God is still on the throne. Yeah. And I think a lot of people haven't had a good father. And so that actually takes away from the identity equation because you're saying, you're saying that I'm thinking of like people right now where we've had so much unemployment in the world. Yes. And people don't know that there's a father who really is going to work everything for them. Like there's that good side of God. That's like, I actually have plans for you that you don't know. I've been preparing all along. Yes. I had a really good dad. And so my dad, I knew when he was driving somewhere, I could trust him where he's driving. I knew when we're, you know, when we're making life decisions, I, I was an autopilot cause I didn't have to think about it as a kid, you know? And I feel like being surrendered to God that way that helped to train me for when you're, when things are out of your control, like I love to control things, but I also love not being in control. And not many people can say that right. who are a business leader, an entrepreneur, because they just like the control part, but they don't know how to be out of control. And part of being in healthy engineer with God is like giving him full reins and surrendering. And that's to me, one of the biggest challenges in identity in our generation, because there's so much out of control right now. Right. And for a lot of us who had hard fathers or hard father issues, the shame that's surrounded with that causes us to want to control everything, yeah. to not let God uh, rule our lives. And, you know, we have to step back and say, oh my gosh, we're, I'm doing it again. I'm yeah. controlling again. How, how did you overcome that? 
Uh, it took a lot of time. It took a lot yeah. of prayer. It's a and journey. It's a process. <laughs> Did you say my wife? <laughs> and your wife. I say that because like yes. Lauren is like, uh, uh, she's, what would you call her? She's a phenomenon. Yeah. And so she's caused your life to go out of control at times because of her God missions that she's been on. Right. And you watched it work out. So I'm sure over the history of all the years you guys have been married that you learned surrender in those moments too. I mean, Sri's trained me already. It's been eight years and I'm like, you have caused me to change in my level of needing control, even where I didn't think I needed control. Like I'm, I'm learning how to surrender to God because you're one with someone who has a different agenda than you at times and brings you along. It's like the best friends you have are people who get you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Right. And I think when in your primary relationship, uh, when you surrender and you're vulnerable there, it helps you to see God. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a good key. It's like some people maybe who are listening don't have those key relationships where they've shared their power yeah. with anybody. And I know for me, when I do a lot of coaching or I sit down with people, I find out their power share system, their operation system. Like, like, are you the most powerful person in your life? And which we all are. And who do you share that power with? Because that conversation right there, like a lot of them don't do it with their spouses when it comes to maybe their career. They're very fragmented when it comes to certain decisions, which you can't do all decisions with, you know, like necessarily your spouse, if you're the CFO of a, or CEO of a business, you know, corporation, but there is that thing of like, how do you share your power or yeah. are you just controlling? But to your point, um, do you have a small group of friends that you can be honest and vulnerable with, that you can be accountable to? Yeah. Do you have friends that will tell you, hey, listen, right now, I'm not too happy with what you're doing. You need to think about this. Have you, have you created an environment where uh, people can speak into your life? Yeah. No, it's... That's it. And today, our guest is a man who you haven't met yet. You get the opportunity to meet today. Yeah. His name is Ed Rush. And Ed, I got to meet him through a mutual friend of both of ours, yes. Michael McIntyre in Dallas, Texas, who's a sales coach and a, a business coach. And he's like, you have to have Ed Rush on Exploring the Prophetic. He's amazing. He's a fighter pilot. And he told me all about him. And just, you know, Ed has this incredible career where he's gone after really helping people in their success. And he's a businessman who has had his, his uh, failures, but he's also had a lot of wins after his military career where he did over 50 missions for America. Woo. I yep. love these military guys. It's yeah. amazing. And so, you know, as a Marine, a fighter pilot for the Marines, my dad was in the air force, which is awesome. So you get to meet him and we're going to talk about, I hope we get to the identity subject. Cause this is such a powerful one that Ed talks about to mainstream audience. This is not a Christian audience. He, he's going after it's a mainstream audience, but he brings healing and signs and wonders at times in these uh, kind of alternate sessions that he says, you can come to if you want to, but this isn't, that's a bonus session and everybody comes. So I can't wait for you to hear from him. Yeah. Also for our audience, for you guys to hear from him. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to love Ed Rush. Welcome to the Exploring Series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for Exploring the Industry, where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career and the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable.
Well, we are on the podcast again. I love our brand new podcast because we're going to bring guests like today's guest, Ed Rush, on. And Bob, he's new to you, but this is my second time with him on a podcast. So enjoy him. You're going to enjoy him too. But hi, Ed. Welcome. Hi, Ed. Sean, Bob, what's up, guys? I've been in my basement for the last seven hours pounding coffee and doing push-ups. I'm oh ready my. for this. I'm so pumped up. <laughs> None of that's true, by the way. Everything else I say will be true, but that, that wasn't. Amazing. I believe nothing about it. Well, it's not a video <laughs> so, show, so you shouldn't be doing push-ups unless you're going to be out. No. <laughs> what I love about Ed, though, Bob, is that we're the same age, except he's so much more accomplished than me. I love this guy's a fighter pilot. I mean, come on. And then you've been coaching people all around the place, well, mainly America, but all around the, you know, all around America and really successful people. You have these keys and this program that you have online. And it's, I know we just talked about it a minute ago, but it's so inspiring for people to have these kinds of tools. I think of my dad, you know, who's 81 yesterday and how he didn't have the access to tools that are now freely available and also coaches that you could pay for now. That was unheard of then. And so my dad, who was a colonel in the Air Force, when he retired, he kind of went into like a real estate thing and then was like, okay, I'm done and just retired versus nowadays we have these incredible tool sets. And so I'm so glad that you are bringing tools to the world. Thank you. It's awesome, man. Thank you for saying that. You cracked me up when you said so much more accomplished too. I was, I was sitting in my chair the other day watching a Formula One race and you know when you're in one of those moments where you're like gosh my life is so hard you know and i'm just sitting there and i'm watching these guys race and i remember thinking while while they were racing i remember thinking gosh i I just wish i had done something fun like that in my 20s (laughs) and then and then i caught myself and i'm like you you did that in your 20s what wait what what you know and so for those who may just jumped in i was a fighter pilot in the marine corps for 11 years and I, and I think, isn't it interesting what happens with our inner dialogue? Sometimes yes. we just, we just, oh gosh, what up? All the things I'm missing. And then you realize you're not missing them at all. Yeah. But the difference between me and you is that I did those <laughs> missions on video games, Call of Duty, and you didn't were over 50 <laughs> in real life. That's very, very different. Uh, but we thank you for your service too. Just so amazing that you would have served <clears throat> and done that. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you for your tax dollars, which went to pay for my fuel and training. See, I told you you should pay your taxes, Bob Hassan. I'm just kidding. That's one of my problems. (laughs) Bob does pay pay taxes. Well, let's start with our interview here because I'm I'm excited to talk to you today. I mean, obviously our listeners, you know, with Bob and I are people who are um, career-minded people in the marketplace. Some are entrepreneurs, some are self-starters or business owners. And we're talking about how our faith affects our career. And so I want to kind of, first of all, I'm going to go this way, Bob, and then you can take him somewhere else after he answers this question is when you were in the military, especially like you felt from what we've talked about before, like you were the only Christian in that whole, because it's the Marines. I mean, like it wasn't easy. Let's talk about just that phase of your life. Cause you had a pretty prolific time in that, in that season. How did you, how did you walk with God? It's interesting. It, it actually goes back to the little point that I just made about how we view ourselves versus what's true totally. in reality, you know? And so when I joined the Marine Corps, I was in college I went to the Marine Corps officer candidate school in Quantico, which is basically like boot camp on steroids. It's where they train our our officers. And I was a believer, loved the word, loved prayer. And I was convinced there were 189 Marines at the time I joined the Marine Corps. And I was convinced that I was about to be the first Christian to ever join the Marine Corps. (laughs) I mean, I don't know where I got this impression, but I just, I'd watched a few good men. You know, I watched uh, a couple of Marine movies and thought, well, this this dumb. So I showed up like super covert. I had these little Bible verses on, on the little cards because I figured they're not going to let me read the Bible. 
Um, and I, would, I was going to try to pray a little bit at night. And I wasn't going to tell anybody. Okay. And so the second night, and, and if you're, if you don't know anything about Marine Corps boot camp, it's hard and there's people yelling at you all the time. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and you're convinced that these people who are yelling at you hate you. It's like having so the toddlers. Second I'm night, just kidding. This, yeah, that's exactly right. So the second night, my drill instructor, who is one of the meanest people on planet Earth, found out later he was a believer, by the way. This is a very interesting story. So he says, everybody's getting ready to go to bed. So this drill instructor tells, tells everybody, look, I'm going to, at night, just before everyone goes into their rack, which is their bed, you can have one of the candidates, that's what we call ourselves, pray, pray for the platoon. Now, there's a simple rule in boot camp, which is this. You don't volunteer for anything. And the second rule is, if you have any questions, refer to rule number one. Never volunteer for anything. <laughs> this is the second day. This is the second day. And I kid you not, out of, out of nowhere, I hear someone, I don't still to this day don't know who it was, who said, hey, Rush will do it out, out loud. And you don't speak out loud. At boot camp, someone said, hey, Rush, we'll do it. I thought, oh, my gosh. All of a sudden on day two, I'm outed as the only <laughs> Christian. And, and sure enough, in boot camp, I had the opportunity for 10 straight weeks, every single night, to pray, to pray over my platoon at boot camp. Dude, that blew my mind. And it showed me, much like God's been revealing to me my whole life, you know when you think he's not there? You oh. know when you think that you don't have your band of brothers? You do. And there's people, they're all, they're everywhere. They're in every little spot and every nook and cranny. Your brothers and sisters are there for you. And it's such a cool, so good. It's, it was such a cool way to start my time in the service. That is super cool. And, you know, I read your bio, Ed, and <clears throat> said that you, you flew 50 combat missions and you're really accomplished. But the thing that got me is in this high level of testosterone and competition, you're such a humble man. And then you moved into being uh, one of the country's leading instructors. How do you, how did you transition and how do you teach young people the fierceness of being a Marine and a fire, fighter pilot, but the humility that you possess? Man, that's such a good question. And I tell you, I'll tell you, I, I think that that's been a work in progress for me. I mean, when you're, when you're, when you're a 23 year old fighter pilot, you, you've heard the story, you know, you give a boy a hammer and everything looks like a nail. Well, when you're when you're a 23 year old fighter pilot, you are everything is a battle. You know, if, if somebody disagrees with you theologically, well, let's have this big argument. You know, if if you've got a if you've got a differing viewpoint, like it's like everything is. And I think that's part of the stage of a man sometimes just growing up is that is that little war, that warrior stage. And I just have, to, I mean, like God just trains that out of you, just like the Marine Corps can train out of you. You know, bad fitness or the Marine Corps can train into you to fly airplane, an airplane at 1.5 Mach, you know, one and a half times the speed of sound. Just like that, God has an awesome training system. And really, I think, Bob, the answer to that question is, if you look into Hebrews 12, you know, it talks about how discipline is for sons. And I was thinking about this this morning during my time with God. And I was thinking, you know, there's basically two types of discipline. There's self-discipline and there's God's discipline. Mm -hmm. And all mm -hmm. things being equal, self-discipline actually becomes is a lot easier because it's you training and leading yourself along because God will do it if he wants to, but you guys have kids. Well, it's like, I have kids, you know, I have two boys, 11 and uh, 13 years old. And what I'm trying to train them to do now is to start to train themselves. My 13 year old is a baseball player uh, nice. and he's really, really good. And for years I've been alongside of him, you know, even up, up against the fence saying, Hey man, when you do this, cause I was a very good division one baseball player. 
And this year was really the first time that, that during the practices and games, I haven't said anything to him at all. Right. Uh, we may, we may talk later on and reconnect on, but I'm trying to let him that's make good. his own adjustments and coach himself. And I think that's what God does. You know, yeah. he trusts us to be able to, to make some of these decisions. And that's why, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I'm like, well, make your best decision, dude. God maybe already told you how to think through this, you know? So yeah, it's that wire. So I think that's, that's the key to that. I think people just don't, they don't count on the fact that God has made us a new creation. He's wired us. And one of the things I really love about you, we had a conversation before about this for the, the normal exploring the prophetic where we just talked about, uh, you know, just, just journey stories, just to inspire our audience. But I wanted to have you back on this because you see words of wisdom a lot in the context of business and coaching. And I want to talk about that as a coach, as a human being, as a businessman, like talk about the word of wisdom and how that's operated in your profession. It's such a cool gift. And I know, Sean, you talk about it. Very few people in the in the Christian world talk about that. We talk about healing, tongues, uh, miracles, uh, prophecy a lot, but not much about this totally. gift. This amazing. That's my one. And, it's like my favorite thing to operate in. <laughs> it's such a cool gift. And I'll tell you, here's when you know it's, it's working. When you look at someone and you give them a piece of advice and they look at you like it's the most simple thing they've ever heard right. in their entire life, but they've never seen it before. And <laughs> yeah. fundamentally, that's what that's what God's given me the gift to do, mostly with entrepreneurs and business owners, is to be able to give them solutions to their problems that by the time they're done, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so simple. And by the time they're done, instead of working an extra day a week, they're working a day less because of the implementation of that idea. And I think it's so neat how God created the world entrepreneurial. So, so one of my favorite verses is Deuteronomy 8, 18, which, which says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Yeah. And it really wasn't until I, I started operating or flowing in this word of wisdom gift that I really understood the beauty of that verse. And, and, and the best way to do it is I go back to my, my boys again. So I'll take my, my two boys. If my two boys came to me and said, dad, could we go tonight to the batting cages and then could we go eat sushi? Well, that's a, that's a request that's within my power to give. So if I say yes, we're going to go to the batting cages and eat sushi. But if I say no, there's no way they can get themselves there and there uh, as a 13 and, and, and as yeah. an 11 year old. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, so that's a request that I can deliver to them. But if my two boys came to me and they said, dad, we, we, we really want something from you. I'm like, Whatever you, whatever you want. You're my sons. What, what is it that you want? And they said, well, dad, we really, really want our room to be clean. If they said that to me, <laughs> I said, you go clean your room. They'd be like, dad, but it is in your power to give. I said, look, I know that, but I'm reading right now. I'm not so your butler. <laughs> your butts down the hall and clean your room because see, they have the power to be able to deliver that. I thought when it, it was when I really understood Deuteronomy 8.18, when I really, when I really understood, started to understand this gift of wisdom, which is this, so cool. there are things that God has implanted and delivered as gifts to us that we already have the power to do. And so a lot of believers, I'll hear people, and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with this, but I hear people go, look, I'm praying that God would give a supernatural right. release to death. And, and there's times when God does that, right? I'm not saying that that's not an impossible prayer, but more times than not, my experience has been the release to debt comes through the implementation of wisdom in someone's life with, the, with, with God's already pre-given power to get wealth. And fundamentally, I, I think word of wisdom in the business scenario 
is the ability to unlock what God has already implanted in someone, the ability or the, or the, or, or, or the power, as Deuteronomy says, the power to get wealth. Ed, in all the people that you've coached, what would you say the top three things that you hear and you give advice are? Uh, you just talked about debt, and I would concur that that's what I hear a lot. And sometimes it's this really, really dirty word called implement a budget. And people are like, <laughs> wait a second, that doesn't sound right. But in your, in your consulting with all the high-level consulting that you're doing, it, could, you, could you break it down to two or three things that you're yep. telling people regularly? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, just categorically, when I ask entrepreneurs, I always ask this of my, my coaching members. I always ask them, Tell me, give me your goals for a year, give me out to three years. And when they deliver those goals, they always fall into one of three categories. Always, 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 always. I've worked with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs and over 450 one-on-one. Wow. And I, I will tell you, it always falls into one of these three categories. Number one, they want to create more income. That's mm-hmm. almost always the first answer. The second one is they want to have a bigger impact that mm-hmm. most, most entrepreneurs don't want to build wealth without impact at the same time. And number three, they want to create a better lifestyle. Most most entrepreneurs are checking their email at two o'clock in the morning or they're working all day Sunday and they feel like their business is running them and not the other way around. And so fundamentally, my advice typically starts in those three spheres. And it's one, it's one of those three. Now, what I started to learn, and this blew my mind, what I started to learn by coaching entrepreneurs is that, and this is true to the state. So it's the actual number is 452 one-on-one coaching and consulting <laughs> clients. And I'm, I'm planning on adding a few more this week, by the way, I had a big promotion coming up, but, but it's 452. So of 452 people, it, so I'll give you a, a context verse and then I'll come back to this. Romans 12, three says that you're not, you ought not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. 452 entrepreneurs that I've worked with, I have yet to encounter a single entrepreneur who thought of themselves, their product, their service, or their solution in the marketplace higher than they should have. In other words, I'm looking at these entrepreneurs. I said, like, you've got this product, Mm -hmm. this franchise that truly changes people's lives. And it helps the people who invest in this. And this is amazing. Like, these people get a great service. These people get a great business. And you get the value of the franchise coming in. Everybody wins in this thing. What are you doing? You're not not promoting it like you should. You're not pushing it like you should. You're, You're holding yourself back. Why are you holding yourself back? 452 entrepreneurs. I've yet to meet somebody who I was like, dude, you are thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Wow. And it made me realize when Paul said that, Paul wasn't saying you should think of yourself like super low. Paul's like, look, you're a son and a daughter of the king. You know, That's if good. you're a king's son or a king's daughter, you have the rights to the king's, you know, the king's room and the, you can come in and have dinner with dad. And, and so the, one of the biggest breakthrough moments for me was understanding that every entrepreneur I know Every entrepreneur is holding themselves back. That's There's literally, it's like if you've taken driver's ed, you know, the guy next to you in driver's ed has a wheel and a accelerator and a brake at the same time. <laughs> I remember my buddy in high school doing driver's ed and he was on the accelerator and the instructor was on the brake and the car was going. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the funniest things as a high schooler, senior buddy. <laughs> that's that's, amazing. That is a perfect description of most entrepreneurs and it and it's the more connected someone is morally it the worse it actually is so the the point is one of the biggest things you can do as an entrepreneur is get your foot off the brick you're probably a lot better than you think you are your product is probably a lot better than you think you are your 
service truly does change lives. And I would go so far as to say that if your product service consulting experience or whatever it is that you offer truly changes people's lives, then you're doing, you're actually doing them a disservice by not aggressively getting that out into the marketplace. It's so good. And I think it comes back down to, I love what you're saying, identity. And you talk a lot about that and just your sessions and helping people. I think I was talking to somebody last night, actually coaching them about their valuation, their services as more of somebody who does coaching. And, and I was like, just looking, I'm going, you know, if, if I send somebody to you and you cost $80 an hour in a market like LA, they're going to think this person's not very good yep. <laughs> because it doesn't yep. make sense. You know, it's like, you're like, why are you only $80 an hour? You can't get clients if you're only $80 an hour. That just doesn't make sense. You must be terrible. And if, if you evaluate yourself too high, then you're, you think you're Tony Robbins. You know, it's like, it's that, that, that tension of like, what am I? But of course, every time that person comes back and goes, well, I guess I should be this. Have you done the market research? Have you, have you fitted your life experience, your education, everything inside that experience? Okay, so what do normal people make in that context? Well, it's a range of this to this. I, I should start on the very bottom end. I'm like, you have a freaking uh-huh. PhD. Like, what's going on? So I do feel like I, I can relate to what you're saying because in the, the exactly. coaching that I do, I'm always having to help people to evaluate their um, value. And we discover their value together. And I think that that's what, what a picture. And I know, I know that's not your only point, but I just think that that's like such a great point of, of um, why we need coaching sometimes too, because I love that you have programs that you offer because people do need to be able to come into right value. And I love that scripture you referred to. I know we talked about it in the last podcast too, which is, you know, he says, don't think of yourself too high or too low. He actually says both, mm-hmm. which I think like that balance of like, who am I supposed to be? And I, I, I think we err in false humility all the time, which is like, I'm not that big of a deal, which is also kind of pride, you know? Yeah. And, and so yeah. I love that that's, you know, that that's just part of the language. Well, we are coming to our end. I do want to ask one more question as we're ending, which is uh, we didn't get into this at all in the podcast, but you have actually brought sometimes your spirituality in a major way into these very mainstream events. And there's times that God brings physical healing to people. And not everybody can do this in the kind of events you do. But you've actually, it's been, it's been something where you feel like it's a requirement at times to obey God and go for it. Do you have one story you can tell us just about <laughs> how that happened? Oh, man. It's hard to choose. But I'll, I'll tell you one from an event that happened about four years ago. So the short version, if you want the longer version, go to the Exploring the Prophetic podcast interview where Sean and I went into the, my journey and really praying for people in business events. Which is amazing. I'll, That's one of the reasons I just, couldn't wait to have you on. Yeah. I'll just tell you this story, which is just such a fun uh, story. It's it's a story about how much fun God can be, right? So, so I'm at an event, and I had done a session in the morning, uh, an optional session. My optional sessions, everybody comes to, but it was an optional session <laughs> where I teach people how to ask God questions about their business. And these and aren't get Christians. This is like a mix. most of them aren't Christians. You know, everybody, everybody. So, so, and it works. Ninety nine percent of the people that come in, it's so cool, right? So, so I had this guy. So I'm getting ready to go up on stage and I'm standing in the back of the event room. There's maybe 200, 220 people roughly at this event. And usually what I do is they introduce me. I come down the center aisle and then I start teaching. And so I'm standing in the back and this guy walks up to me who I'd known before. He had been through one of my training programs. And he said, man, because I know you did that thing this morning. He goes, I was a little nervous about asking you to do this in front of everyone. But I, I just have to tell you, he goes, my back and my neck for the last 20 years, I've just been in pain. Guy's probably in his mid-50s, big, strong guy. He said, I've been in pain my whole back and my whole neck all the way down my spine. I've had so many different people work on it. Nothing's ever worked. He said, would you, would you just pray for me 
for my back and my neck. And I said, and I said, listen, I said, Barry, I, I'm on stage in like 30 seconds. So I'm gonna put my hand on your back. I'm gonna pray for you. It's gonna be a really quick prayer, and then I'm gonna get on stage. I said, Lord, we just pray for Barry's back, Father. You know what needs to get fixed. We just ask your blessing that heaven would come down to earth. Amen. And Ed Rush, welcome to the stage. Boom. I, I mean, that's how quick that prayer was, right? There was no preamble. It was just Perfect. boom. Okay. So, so this is day two of the event. Day three, he comes up to me in the morning. He goes, "All right, dude. I have no pain. Yeah, in my back, okay. in my neck. Okay." He looks at me, he goes, honestly, it's a little weird. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said, okay? So, so, so two weeks later, this guy is in a private training I'm doing in San Diego. I got about 20 people in a room, and we're doing this high-end intense training. Two, two weeks later. And we're going around introducing each. Everybody's introducing themselves. And he, he can't wait to do the introduction. So he grabs the microphone, and he goes, I have to say something. I just have to say something. I was two weeks ago. And Ed prayed for me and he tells the whole story and he's like, I have no pain. And he's literally wow. in front of all these people wow. just telling the story about how he's got no pain. So the next break in this little training, we're in the hallway and this woman walks up to me and she says, Ed, I have to tell you that I've had the same thing. My neck and my back. In fact, I can't turn my neck. And she goes on to tell me all the symptoms. She goes, she goes, would you pray? For she goes, would you pray for me? And I don't know why this came to me mm -hmm. at this moment. Sometimes God just make them as fun. Right. So. So she goes, would you pray for me? I said, no, but Barry will pray for you. <laughs> awesome. And I grab Barry by the <laughs> shirt and I bring him over. I say, hey, dude, I need you to pray for Rebecca here. And he goes, what? And I said, I need you to pray for her back and neck. And he goes, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. And I said, yes, you do. You just ask God to make her thing right. Okay, so Barry's from Chicago. Barry's maybe prayed three times his whole life, okay? <laughs> Barry puts his hand on this woman's shoulder and he goes, God, we just pray that Rebecca's back will be better. Amen. Amen. That's yes. the prayer. Boom. Next thing you know, her back and neck are getting better. Yes. And we got a two-for-one special on back and necks fixing those two so weeks right good. there. And that was that's probably one of my favorite stories. Just by the it's just the joy that God can infuse into this moment, you know, where sometimes we get so serious about praying for people and God's like, we're just going to have some fun with this. One. So this that's, so that's probably good. one of my favorite stories. Well, if you want to get in contact with Ed and just the whole world that he brings right. to life, uh, please visit his website and tell us your website and the best way to get a hold of you. And you have several books out and one's new. So talk about that too. Yes. So the, the, the easiest way to get a hold of me, my website is edrush.com. It's just E-D-R-U-S-H.com. Easiest website on planet earth to remember. Uh, when you get there, I send a weekly email called The Flight Brief, which is just packed nice. full of information. It's really good content. You can get on that if you want to. The book, which, um, Sean, you sent, me a you sent me a picture of you reading this book. Uh, my latest book is called 21 Day Miracle. Uh, day it's five. a way to get. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, yeah, cool, man. So Very good. cool. Uh, it's a way to get fast results in your life uh, with, uh, with minimal input. Uh, and it's based on my career as a fighter pilot into business. Uh, and then the third thing. I did this on Exploring the Prophetic, so I'll do it now. I rarely uh, give this out, but my actual email is coaching, just C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G at edrush.com. If you email me there, I do have an event that I'm planning right at the end of this fall once things settle down with uh, this pandemic and everything. And if you're interested, I would love to just give you some tickets to that event. Normally, I charge $500 to $1,500 for that. But if you're listening to the podcast, I'd love to just have you as my guest. So email me that, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. 
Ed, thank you so much. We've so enjoyed talking to you. Your story is impressive, incredible, and amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Sean. We'll talk to you soon. Now, Bob and I are going to be answering your questions. So if you want to send in your questions again in the future, visit www.bullsministries.com. And here we go. Bob, you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team. They're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Welcome back. We're answering your questions on Exploring the Marketplace. I'm here with Bob, and Bob, we're about to hear from Eric, one of our listeners. Okay, so my question is, as a musician and as an artist, is it wrong to entertain, to produce art that is entertaining Eric, it's a great question, and I think it's really interesting that in 2020 and 2021, we're having that conversation. So when I say that, it's not to patronize your question at all. It's to say that Christianity, we got to grow fast. All music or all entertainment, all TV, movies, video games can be used for God directly or indirectly. It doesn't matter. There's music that's made to worship God directly. There's also music that's made to understand your relationship with God. But if you are if you fall in love with somebody, like my wife and I are in love, we have a song we fell in love to that's not worshipful and it's not because it's not directed at God, it's directed at our love and it's not to disciple us. It's actually to teach us about love and everybody marches down their wedding aisle to some sort of song. You know, people watch movies that become something that teaches them compassion about maybe orphans or about family or about something else that they would have never known or racism that they would have never seen without that story being told. Jesus told stories that none of the stories he told were inherently directly about God in the sense of how he told them. God was always the object in the metaphor, but he told metaphorical stories. So if you listen, if you just read his stories and you didn't know it was Jesus saying them, you wouldn't know they were Christian. They were just stories. As a matter of fact, they were common stories that had been told over and over in different ways. And he actually took stories that were common and retold them for the sake of expressing kingdom principles. And the disciples asked him at one point, how come you're doing it this way and not directly and he said in Matthew 13, 13, I could have spoken until they were blue in the face and they wouldn't have got it if I spoke directly because I'm trying to create receptive insight for who God is, for who the Father is. And so I just want to tell you, like, I think God's commissioning people to write the songs people fall in love with, to, to make the movies people start to understand bigger issues from, to play video games that 
teach problem solving skills that aren't directly on top of spiritual discipleship, but they're things that cause our mind, our neural network to expand and have problem solving gifts. So this is one of those questions that I'm loving that you're asking because we get to say, yes, you can make any kind of music that God, you know, shows you in your heart, as long as it's not directly immoral, it's not anti-spirit or anti-Christ. If it shows off love, that is, a, that is Christ. That is who God is. Wow, Sean, that was a perfect answer. And Eric, I would just add, hopefully you're planning on uh, making money with these songs that you're writing. This yeah. is this podcast is exploring the marketplace, and we are talking about how can we as believers uh, enter the marketplace and make a profit. So hopefully you have a business plan together. You've got great songs that are going to get published and that everyone's going to love. We want to thank you for listening to Exploring the Marketplace today. I was so glad with this episode, Bob. I just love this conversation that keeps going and people can connect to us online. But I'm looking, what are you looking forward to in this season? Sean, I'm looking forward to conversations with people that are going to change how we all think about doing business with God. Love it. Well, stay tuned. Join us again. Subscribe and make sure to hit that notifications button. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.